Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. The expected suspension for Draymond Green in Golden State. That news is in. Draymond Green suspended for five games. We'll talk about that. Our Chris Haynes spent some time with the Clippers in Denver. So we will dive into Chris's notebook as well. And the Chicago Bulls. It appears that they are more willing than ever to talk trade when it comes to Zach Levine. Could the Bulls actually move Zach Levine this season? DeMar DeRozan, are there more moves on the horizon for the Bulls? Chris and I get into all that next on this edition of This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This league and cut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Welcome in, everyone, to a very newsy, a jam-packed edition of This League Uncut. Mark Stein here with Chris Haynes taping on a Thursday afternoon. Late Wednesday night, the NBA announced that it is suspending Draymond Green for five games for the chokehold on Minnesota's Rudy Gobert. I think we knew a suspension of some sort was coming, but there was a lot of question, a lot of uncertainty of how long the suspension would be, how severe it would be in the playoffs. Draymond Green only got one game for what, in soccer terms, we would call a stamp on the chest of Domantas Sabonis. So I was I was thinking that it would probably be two games, three games max, But the NBA clearly wanted to send a message here, and they hit Draymond Green with a five-game suspension. Chris Haynes, what were you expecting out of the league office? I'm very surprised to hear you were expecting two to three games as if that was severe. I thought it would be shorter than severe. I mean, five is more than I expected. Hmm. Well, I can't say what I expected. I thought it deserved more than five games. I will say that. Um, But I'm not surprised with five games because I think since Adam Silver has been the commissioner, I think we've seen these suspensions be less than what we're probably used to in the David Stern era. This was pretty bad. This was pretty bad. And then you take into consideration Draymond's history. So I'm not going to say I was surprised with five games, but I thought it deserved a little bit more. Um, when you think when you look at, look at that altercation and what happened, I was actually working a game at the time of that, and I I saw fans and you know fans kind of got my attention during the game and telling me, "Hey, you see what Draymond did?" I'm like, "What?" So I'm I'm looking at fans' phones and they're <laughs> showing me <laughs> showing me the the altercation you know during the game I was working. So, um, but when you saw it, Stein, like how severe did you? think it was like did you did you think this was a really dark and bad look yes I think we're 
we're actually in agreement here, and you kind of spelled it out. Throughout the Adam Silver era, when I've expected the hammer to drop more severely, it usually falls short of what I was expecting. So my projection of two games or three games tops was based on the fact that the DeMontis Sabonis situation only drew a one game suspension, but five games in the Adam silver era that that is as uh, serious and on court sanction as we've seen. And I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people have said that it, that should have been longer the league again, like in the Sabonis situation, it did cite past actions, the exact quote from the league office. And, you know, Joe Dumars is now in charge of meeting out these punishments. And the quote from Joe Dumars, the length of the suspension is based in part on Green's history of sportsmanlike acts. Similar verbiage to what we heard in the Sabonis situation. But yeah, so I guess just the skeptic in me was thinking, you know what? Three games is probably as far as this would go. But yeah, in real time, whatever kind of description you want to use for how Draymond Green had a hold of Rudy Gobert. I mean, it lasted almost 10 seconds. I mean, there were no punches thrown, but that was not just a separation of a scuffle. I frankly can't remember seeing something like that. So this is really the first time, the first time in a long time where the suspension ended up being a longer one that I was forecasting. And um, it'll be interesting now to see how everyone reacts to this. And, you know, first and foremost, what will Draymond Green say and how will he deliver that message? Will Draymond take to a podcast to address this? Will it be just a standard press conference? But my other real takeaway here is, because this happened so early in a game, I mean, it was 0-0 the score. The game wasn't two minutes old, and it wasn't just early in a game, but early in a season as well. The fact that we're still in November, but I can remember about five years ago, the Lakers playing Houston, and you know all of these players are now in different places, different teams. This was a, a fairly long time ago, but it was also early in the season. This was in October situation and Brandon Ingram then with the Lakers suspended four games Rajon Rondo suspended three games Chris Paul suspended two games and there were punches in in that incident but I remember thinking at the time that because that was so early in the season that there would be more message sending from the league office than we saw and you know again that was an example where my projections for longer penalties it didn't pan out that way. But in this case, you know, again, one game suspension for Draymond Green in the playoffs after stamping on Sabonis. And that has now increased to five games for what we just saw in this tangle with Rudy Gobert. Stein, tell me this. Let me, let me see. Are you buying this? You know, with the in-season tournament that, that's implemented this season, are you buying that there's just a, a extra level of intensity? Do you feel you, – you've been at a, a few um, of these in-season tournament games. I've been to a few as well. But you, have you seen just a playoff intensity type game which might have led to or contributed to Draymond being so, you know, just ratcheted up, which possibly got – got the the best of him in the situation where he found himself doing Rudy Gobert like that. Do you buy any of it? Do you buy that players are just a little bit more amped up? Not buying it one ounce. In this case, <laughs> just in this I case, I really think that there, there are multiple factors at play, but to me, none of it has anything to do with the in-season tournament. I think for starters, the Warriors – had just lost to Minnesota. This was a two-game baseball series, as we call it, with the Wolves in the Bay Area for two in a row at Golden State. Minnesota won the first one. The Warriors don't have Steph Curry. Curry has a knee injury, and he was ruled out for this game. So I think part of it was the Warriors went into it looking to be physical in hopes of derailing Minnesota and throwing the Wolves off their game without their star player. And there had been so much talk before that game about how 
Not a single warrior this season had scored more than 20 points in a game not named Stephen Curry. But beyond that, to me, there is a ton of history between Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. And to me, that was the overriding contributor here. I mean, these guys have been going at it on social media all the way back to the year that Rudy Gobert didn't make the All-Star game and took it so hard and was so emotional. And that clip went everywhere. And he and Draymond have been going at it about that. I mean, since that time. And then last season, Rudy Gobert took shots at Draymond after the Jordan Poole incident. And then when Rudy has his had his own clash with a teammate, in the playoffs, Kyle Anderson, Draymond went back at him. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, it goes, I really feel like it's... It goes farther than that, too, Stein. It goes back farther than that. I remember, and this was before... This is when I was covering the Warriors. So, this had to be 2000... Hmm, I think I covered the Warriors 2016 was my first year, I believe. And... Somewhere along that time, Rudy Gobert won a defense player of the year. 2016-17 it was. 2016-17, okay. My last year at ESPN was your first, correct? That is true. That is, I think that, that, that's, 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 that's a, the that's, reason. That's a pretty sad way to kind of uh, that, get, that, get that, un- get that unfor- unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the way I remember it. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, please excuse my interruption. <laughs> Thank you, Stein, I think. Uh, but I remember um, covering Draymond during that time. Rudy Gobert had a defense player of the year. Might, might have had a couple at that time. I, I can't remember. He had one for sure. But Draymond was the first one to tell me back then. He was like, look, if you're really the best defensive player in the league that season, there never should be a lineup that a team can throw out there that can take you completely out of the game. If you're the best defensive player, you should be able to play against a small ball lineup, a big lineup. Like you should be out there regardless. And he told me, you know, at, at that time he was like, Rudy Gobert, there are certain lineups where you can take him out of the game and where he won't he won't be effective. And um, that was I remember that was the first time I started looking at, you know, how we judge defensive player of the years. I just started looking about it different. I'm not taking anything, um, I'm not trying to slight big men who notoriously have won that award. But, you know, I just started looking at it a little bit differently, especially in this this era of positionless basketball. I think it's more important to be a versatile defender now than what it used to be. But, yeah, it, it goes back it, it goes back even further than that. You make a great point there. I think that's important to add because that really is where rivalries and tensions between these two started to spark up. Draymond Green has only won one Defensive Player of the Year award, and that is partly due to the fact that Rudy Gobert has won multiple, and they've both been chasing this coveted trophy, and are, were and they were off in each other's main competition for the DPOY trophy. So I do think that is that is kind of where this all starts. And, you know, as you said, you know, 2016, 17, if it start, if it goes back that far, I mean, this thing is a good five, six years in the making. So Rudy actually won his first um, defense player of the year award 2018. So he won it 2018 and 2019 and 2021. So Draymond had to have told me this. So if my first year covering the Warriors was 16, 17, so it would have been at some point 17, 18 season or even or possibly even a 19, uh, 19, 20 season. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it, it goes it goes back farther. And again, that was just, you know, that's that's why, like, it's always good to talk to players to get their perspective on. Um, not to say that they're always right, like, but but somebody I know we're kind of going off the deep end re- re- real quick. But but for somebody like Drew Holiday, where steals are not he's not going to rack up a whole bunch of steals and blocks he's not going to rack up a whole bunch of blocks so if you're not watching them on a day-to-day basis you're not going to identify him as being one of the top defenders because stat wise it just doesn't pop up but if you talk to some of the guards who say hey i have to i have to call a screen out every time to get him off of me you know or you know he's the he's the toughest to guard i mean he's the toughest um uh, player out there who defends 
multiple positions. So it, it's always good to get context from from players and see what they think. And then you can go over it and do your research and, and look at advanced stats to try to see if that can help make a, a better case for that player. But yeah, it's always good. But Draymond, I just remember when he when he told me that about Rudy, I start looking at that award a little bit differently. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Probably a safe bet that Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert will not be sending each other Christmas cards next month. And also a safe bet. This is not the last time we'll be talking about this story, but five-game suspension for Draymond Green. We await now the reactions from his side, how the Warriors handle it. And look, the Warriors, even without this, were having issues because of their struggles to generate any offense beyond Stephen Curry, and now Stephen Curry's dealing with a knee injury that the Warriors say isn't serious and will only keep him out day-to-day, but any day without Steph Curry is a day of duress right now for the Golden State Warriors. So lots going on with the dubs in the Bay, but we're going to move now. You know, we hyped this up, or you know what? We didn't hype this up. I hyped this up because I was so excited about knowing that you would be off to Denver to see the Clippers in Denver. The Clippers showed up with an 0-4 record since acquiring James Harden when they got to Denver, played their best game of the season with Harden in Denver, couldn't finish it, but they took the Denver Nuggets all the way to crunch time. And to me, that did, I mean, it, it did represent progress because the first four games with Harden were so rough. And even with the significant size shortcomings that the Clippers have, they looked really, really good in Denver, about as tough a place to play as there is in the NBA. But, you know, again, I I was more excited about what was going to happen before the game, after the game, to see what kind of things you would hear in all your conversations with various members of the Clippers, and it did not disappoint. You talked to Ty Lu, you talked to James Harden, you talked to Paul George, took the temperature of all these guys, coming out of that, coming away from it. I mean, do you think they took something good from this Denver game, and do you, is a rebound from this group at any, is it is that possible in the near future? I don't think there's any time to panic, and, you know, I'm just, I wanted to go into the locker room, I wanted to, you know, have some conversations with the guys and 
I believe they were pretty straightforward with me. And, you know, I talked to members of the front office, coaching staff. I was pretty much everywhere within that organization. And um, they 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 really believe that they'll be able to turn this thing around. You know, they don't know if it's going to be quick, but they they believe in the guys. Now, the problem is, is that there's going to be a process throughout. And the process throughout is going on right now where Ty Lu is using about five or six games to evaluate lineups, ev- evaluate rotations, um, seeing what works. And so that's going to be the part that's probably going to hurt a little bit, depending on which players it affects more. Right now, Bones Highland is going through that right now. He's out of the rotation. Coach Lou met with him and um, explained that he wants to look at some other lineups and, you know, they'll 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 get back to them after, you know, after that, after the evaluation period. So with that being said, like they played a really good game. They they were there and you can argue that if they had a a, a extra big, they they probably would have won it, you know, rebound here, you know, Joker is, you know, they try to go small. They try to go small and, and use that against the, um, their advantage, but on the defensive end, Joker was too much. And so they, you know, James Harden played his, his best game as a Clipper, and uh, you know they they had a shot to win. They they they, they should have won. But uh, I I tell you this, you know, I I talked about this, in, you know, I wrote about it in my story, and it was, it was second quarter, I believe second quarter, midway point in the second quarter, and I, I'm right behind the Clippers bench, and I see the the Clippers called a timeout. And Russ is in, PJ, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, one other player is in there. But James Harden is told by one of the assistants to go sub in for Russ. And so James goes by Russ while Russ is sitting down. Because, you know, the players, you know, when you, when you go to a timeout, you have a seat. And so James is standing up near Russ and he waits a little bit. And then he finally, like, pats him on the chest. Hey, I got you. And Russ was so surprised. Like, he was like, what? He was so surprised. And, you know, he you could tell he didn't like it. And he got up and, you know, went about his business. But just that, um, that surprise, that's that's not something that only that's not something only Russ is dealing with. Like this, this is what I'm talking about. This is the hard part right now with during this evaluation period. Like players are being thrown out off of their routine, off of their routines, off of their uh, substitution patterns. Like so, this this is affecting everyone. And you know, Russ again. Uh, you know, I don't want to keep harping on Russ, but you know, he almost didn't play in the last, I believe, it was the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, and he only played a fifteen second stint in the last six minute in the last six minutes, and that was on defense. So, you know, it's, you know, Bones is going through this. Russ is going through this. Norman Powell is going through this. It's it's going to be tough. Ty Lue called this, you know, after the game. I spoke to him. He, he called this his toughest challenge as a head coach. And that's saying a lot considering, you know, they, they he coached a team that came back from a 3-1 deficit to win the championship. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot going on over there. Yeah, it's the second kind of eye-catching quote from Ty Lue just in the space of a week that's caught my attention. Um, And yes, if you haven't already read Chris's story, I urge you to do so. Great look at the Clippers from post-game after Denver held on to beat the Clips on Tuesday night on TNT. And we talked about this in our last pod when the Clippers were in Dallas. Ty Lue came out and said, we're just not big enough. Now, the Clippers have tried to address that. They are expected to sign Daniel Tice, who once Daniel Tice clears waivers, Tice reached a buyout with the Pacers this week. And I got to say, that is a that is going to be a good pickup in this situation. Excellent. With the Clippers having lost Mason Plumlee. I mean, this is about as good an addition as you can make in the Clipper situation with, you know, no trade assets really left to go out and make moves to get a good big man who Daniel Tice just wasn't playing in Indiana, which, you know, so the Pacers appear to have just basically done him a solid by buying him out. But Daniel Tice was a member of the German team that stunningly won the FIBA World Cup in September 
and is a more than serviceable big man. So we'll see what kind of impact he can make. So that would give the Clippers an infusion of size, assuming nobody claims Tyson waivers and the Clippers can go ahead and sign him by week's end. But beyond that, you know, Ty Lue five games into this thing, calling it my toughest challenge as a head coach, because yeah, I mean, you said it, I mean, it does, you know, having Harden and Russ and Kawhi and Paul George out there together, the early evidence suggests it doesn't work. And there have been so many calls this week for Harden to be the one to go to the bench and be the sixth man until this team starts playing better. Since this team did look a lot better before this trade and Russ was off to a good start this season and the Clippers look to have started in pretty reasonable fashion. So I can't wait to see how Ty Lu tackles this stuff. Ty Lu's presence there to me, that was one of the reasons when you're making your list of pros and cons on whether to make this trade, that's one of the boxes you check as the pros because Ty Lu is such a respected coach, one of the league's best coaches and a guy who is known to have the respect of his players. So if he's already talking about what a challenge this is five games in, I mean, that tells you right there how, it, that, that that sums up the state of the Clippers pretty loudly. And let me add this, Stein. Talking with the front office and the coaching staff about James Harden, they, and I, I was surprised to hear this a little bit, they want him to be him. When they, when they were thinking about bringing him on, I felt like, dang, okay, like, do they need, like, I feel like, did, did, do they need James Harden right now with Russ being there? And, I, you know, that's one thing I question. Like, do they do they need him at his skill set right now? And then you, you you listen to them talk, people in the Clippers organization, and they tell you, like, we need his passing. We need his passing. We need his playmaking ability. And I just found that, like, really, really interesting to hear that. And that's what they want. And so we – to, and, I, and I'm saying this time because you're saying like there are people that are saying like, why, why doesn't James come off the bench so until they can figure things out? The way that they're talking, the way they're boasting James up and the way that they're saying and the way that they're saying which he can help him help them by being himself leads me to believe they're going all in on James Harden and. It's going to take other guys to sacrifice, and it's going to take other guys' roles to be diminished in order for that to happen. So that's why I'm saying like this process that we're in right now is going to hurt some players. I don't know who it's going to affect. I have an idea who it's going to affect. But you know, as of right now, from everything that I'm hearing, they want James Harden to be that guy. Now, I'm not saying the number one option. But they want him to be that guy that's doing the majority of the playmaking and also looking for his shot as well. And I think the other thing they're going to need, they're going to need more from Kawhi Leonard. Late in the regular season and early in the playoffs until he had to go to the sideline, he looked monstrous again, like a real problem. The Kawhi we remember when he was leading Toronto to a championship. And I don't know that we've seen much of that Kawhi Leonard this season. To me, I mean, I can't say that I've sat here and I've watched every second of the Clippers season, but Paul George is playing the best out of the group right now. I think that's not too much of a stretch to assert. So Kawhi hasn't, he hasn't um, sat out a game this far this year. You wonder if, if that might have, have something to do with it. The way they've constructed this team, they need all four of those guys to, to really be effective. That's how they're going to cope with the size they don't have and other structural issues that are found on the roster. I think they'll figure it out. I really do. Even going back to the last game against the Nuggets, um, it was a play dialed up. I can't remember who was, who was it drawed up for but it was a shot that Paul George took and it got a you know it got wedged in between the rim and the and the backboard but before that shot James Harden was got free along the baseline and I believe the next closest defender was the Joker and Paul didn't see him 
And so there was there was opportunity for that game to be had by the Clippers. And I I I think they're going to figure it out. Now, yeah, I don't know what figuring it out means, but I think you know, they're not this team that we're seeing 0 and 6 right now and and 0 and 5 with, with Harden on board. So I think they'll be I think they'll be cool. I think they'll be cool. Friday night the Clippers play host to the surprising Houston Rockets and then the Clips come back to Texas. They've got a two-game baseball series of their own in San Antonio. Two games against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Clippers, like Draymond Green, this will not be the last time that they are a featured discussion point of this league uncut, but we will come back to them in a later pod. Let's move on to the other newsy topic of the week. A lot of chatter in Chicago about the Bulls, about Zach Levine, that the Bulls appear to be inching closer now to the teardown that has been called for by external observers even louder than the calls for James Harden or Russell Westbrook to move to the bench in Clipperland. I'm not sure that you would want to classify a trade as imminent because Zach Levine is only in year two of a five-year deal worth $215 million. Not an easy contract to trade, but... The Bulls are off to a very underwhelming start and their players came into the season knowing that the only way trade speculation was going to be hushed was by winning. Zach Levine himself scored 51 points at Detroit early in the season. The Bulls lost that game and that night, Zach Levine told reporters in the locker room, quote, from day one, I've said it's time to put pen to paper. It's our third year here together. We know how this business is. We all love each other. DeMar is one of my best friends. We talk all the time, but we have to figure out how to make this thing work. We've been here for long enough. Shoot, Vooch has been traded. I've been traded. DeMar has been traded. We understand the business. Zach Levine there referring both to DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. All of these guys have been all-stars And are we going to see some trade action in Chicago? I think it's easier said than done. And I think the truth is that Alex Caruso is the bull that most teams would want. Chris Haynes, you threw out that you threw out Alex Caruso's name in our last pod about how 
how much the Bucs would love to have him. And let's face it, if the Bulls decided to make Alex Caruso available, the line of teams chasing him would stretch into double digits. No, you're definitely right about that. Um, both sides, I guess the best way to describe it is both sides are flirting with the idea of of going in a different direction. And I think if if they really are considering moving Levine, then you have to go and do the whole thing. It's not just going to be Levine. You you got to go down the list. You got to go DeRozan, Alex Caruso. But, you know, it's just a matter of when is the right time. Like, so, so say right now. So Chicago, they are four and eight right now, which is a bad record. But that is only two games back, two and a half games back of the AC right now. So it's not – you know they can go on a, a a pretty sizable winning streak and be right in the in the playoff picture. So, you know I think timing is important. And then it's about the direction. Like, what do they foresee? Like, what is a good season for Chicago? And I don't think anybody thinks that they're a championship contending team. I don't think anybody thinks that they're a, a top four team in the Eastern Conference. So, what what would be considered success? And if you identify that, can you safely say that they're out of reach of reaching that marker? I, I don't know. So, I, you know, like I said, timing is important. I, I don't know that they're too far out to be making those decisions right now. But ultimately, if the players and their agents want to press the issue and they're adamant that they want out, then I think that's when they you really got to got to really start looking. Well, You've got Zach Levine again, year two of a five-year, $215 million contract. The Sixers, the Lakers, the Heat have all been thrown out as potential trade partners. The sense I get is that the Sixers really shouldn't be on that list. Daryl Morey's been very clear that the Sixers want a two-way player in their next big move. And Zach Levine, even when you account for his offensive ceiling, is not going to be classified as a two-way player. So I really don't think Philly is in the mix here. The Lakers and the Heat, they get thrown into every trade scenario. So do we have confirmed interest from either of, of those teams at this point? I would say no, we don't have confirmed interest from either of those teams. DeMar DeRozan's situation is completely different because he's in the expiring year of his current contract. There have been talks on a contract extension, but there is no contract extension. But with DeMar DeRozan so close to free agency that, you know, what would a trade even look like with DeRozan in the last year of his current deal? I think Vucevic on the three-year $60 million extension that he signed in the offseason, I think Vooch, like Caruso, you would classify that as a very tradable contract. So they could easily turn around and trade Vucevic months after signing him. I do think that is more feasible, but you, you, you know, you're probably right. I mean, they're, they're going to decide first and foremost what they're doing with Levine or DeRozan before they move on to the rest of the roster. And, you know, we just don't have those answers yet because I mean, mid November, we saw James Harden trade this, you know, right at Halloween. But, you know, this, 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 is, this is typically not the time that trade talks get super serious league-wide. I mean, it, it tends to wait until at least December 15th when the majority of free agents who sign contracts are now eligible to be traded. So, I mean, I think we're still, you know, a month away from what you would call trade season. Trade season to me is... December 15th till the deadline, which this year lands on February 8th. But let's see. Of course, if we're talking Bulls and we're talking Central Division, I can't resist checking in with you. You know what I'm going to ask you. I got to ask you for the latest with the Milwaukee Bucks, your future city, Milwaukee, your future city of residence. So <laughs> give us give us the latest with what's going on in Milwaukee. Well, you see, they got a, a pretty, pretty good win in Toronto. Um they pretty much had them blown out throughout most of that game. Damian, they were out. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he, he set out that game. Um, the rest is injury. And uh, Damian Lillard went off. He he absolutely went off. And this was the first time that he was able to get off early in that first quarter. 
And I don't know if, you know, I, I think people would, real Bucks fans would see the change that was made. But, you know, there's usually a Dame substitution pattern. Like he, go, Dame would usually come out around the, I want to say the four minute mark of the first quarter. And he would sit and he wouldn't come back in until I think like eight or seven minutes left in the second quarter. So he's sitting about nine minutes of game, you know, of game time. And, you know, in covering Dame, knowing where, where he's comfortable at, in Portland, Dame would play the entire first quarter, which allowed him time to get everyone else involved. And then he can, like, pick his spots to go and attack. And so he would play the whole first quarter, then start the second quarter sitting and probably come in halfway in the second quarter. And so with the substitution pattern that they had before, he always got off the slow starts. And, you know, because you got to feed the beach. You got to feed Giannis. You got to get everybody involved. And there just wasn't enough time for him to seek out his shot. Now, there's definitely no defense for him. Efficient-wise, he hasn't been there. So there's no excuse for that. But you still got to make a player as comfortable as possible. So I like Adrian Griffin making that adjustment. He had Dame play primarily all the first quarter, which I think Dame had 14 points in the first quarter. I believe that's the most he's had in in, um, as a buck in that first quarter. And that was the most points scored by the Bucks in the first quarter this season. And you just saw he had a great game, 37 points. 13 or 14 assists. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. And so he he was dominant. And so the, the problem is that still persists is, okay, now we got to get Giannis and Dame doing that at the same time. And um, that's been the that's been the problem. That's been the dynamic right there. Now, a lot of their minutes are staggered, so they don't play a ton together. You understand that, but they're gonna have to start finding ways to um to be able to capitalize off of one another while both are in the game simultaneously. So it's still a process, but you know, there's little changes. You gotta get Griff credit, man. Like he has um he's listened to his players, um, he's he's taken some advice. And he he goes in there and he he he's not afraid to make changes. And so um, I like that about Griff. And I I think with this new substitution pattern with Dame, I think that's really going to help him moving forward. Yeah, because the shooting. I mean that. I mean there was no way that was going to last. I think when I did my my Tuesday sub stack that at that point through his first eight games, Dame was only shooting thirty seven percent from the field and twenty seven percent from three. That's just that that could not continue. Also, Stein, we gotta show we gotta show some love to Philly. We gotta show some love to Philly, man. What they've been doing with Tyrese Maxey stepping up to the plate and looking like he's going to have him an All Star season. You know, they got taken down by the Boston Celtics last, but Philly is playing some really impressive ball. Um, you hear Joel Joel and B talking about there's no egos in that locker room and. Everybody's playing. And I, I just feel good for Philly because they've always had to deal with something. There was always a player matter that was going on, and it kind of just hovered around the team where different players on the team had to continue to talk about whatever was going on, uh, whatever it was Ben Simmons, James Harden. You know, Tyrese Maxey at one point said – I'm just used to this. Like, this is what I, I came into the league like this, like with dealing with these matters. So I'm glad for them that they, they actually get to play basketball. It's behind them. And they still got, you know, with the, with the James Harden trade, they still got some, some assets to, to acquire a, another proven talent. So, you know, it's, it's a good situation to be in. And, you know, I'm happy for the, for the Sixers organization. They kind of get the, Go ahead and, and move forward, but uh, more put more. I'm more happy, more happy for Joel and B because he's been a soldier throughout whatever has gone on, and um, you know, I it, it looks like this is legit. It definitely looks like this is legit. All this Philly talk, Philly on your mind. Is that your next stop? Is that where you're going next week? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to divulge your next assignment? No, I wish it was Philly. I, I do want to cover a Philly game, um, but it's not. My next assignment is. <laughs> My, huh, bittersweet, because I enjoy actually getting out and hitting the road. 
get in the way a little bit, especially when things die. You're married. You understand. You know, so sometimes it, it, it's very therapeutic to get out the house for tides and losses. Tides and <laughs> losses. Tides and losses. And so, um, my next assignment is Golden State at Sacramento, which is where I live. So no so, hotel. And no Draymond Green. No hotel. (laughs) No hotel, no Draymond. Well, actually, no. So the next assignment, I don't have one next week. I don't have one um, the week of Thanksgiving. I have it the week after on the 28th, on a Tuesday. So I think Draymond will be back by then, by the 28th. All right. Well, I am trying to get myself to Lakerland. I don't know if I will be successful, but that's my project. So we'll see if I pull that off. And on that note, we're going to give the last word to Paul George, another Angelino, the Clippers, Paul George. Because I, when we were talking about the Clippers, I, I meant to highlight this quote in your story, and I failed to. So I'm going to do it now. Quote, we're all honoring this adjustment. We have to sacrifice. We understand it. Simple as that. No one is going against that. Nobody is frustrated about it. We know what we have. There's one ball and there's four MFers and we understand that and embrace it. We want to make each other better. And I don't think one person is complaining one bit about it. I think um, from what I've gathered, Star, people I've talked to, they share that sentiment. So now it's about doing the hard part and, and making it all work. That's not really why I read that quote. I read that quote because I thought you were going to go, say it, say the word, say the whole word. I was, I was, I was, but I didn't think I'd get that out of you. I didn't think I would get that word out of you. <laughs> I thought about it. I'm like, no, nah, Stein ain't going to say it. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, Stein, he did not say MFers. So can you please, I'm reading can you please the, I'm reading the what he said? I'm reading the quote in the story and... I see you only you only deleted two letters from this quote. So I know what he said to get the whole quote. You're going to I didn't delete any. When I send my when I send my stories in, I send them in unedited. So if they cuss, I send the cuss word. I let I let my editors. So you got a hat tip. You got a hat tip. Your editor. He only took out two letters. That's I I, I've never seen that before. I mean, he (laughs) He took out two letters. Almost (laughs) almost the whole word is in here. So you should be happy. You know, you know how society is. We 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 allow things to go on as time goes. Like think about PG thirteen movies back in the day, Stein. Like PG thirteen. That's what thirteen and over, or is that thirteen and under? Thirteen and under. Thirteen and under. There was no cussing. Wait, at wait, all. is it now? Now I'm not sure. PG thirteen. <laughs> no, PG thirteen. You got to be thirteen to go. You got to be right. thirteen to you, go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what's 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 below that? Like what's below that? G, I think just G. Just G. Okay. G. G. Before that, Stein. In our day, coming up, G. There was no cussing. Wholesome movies. G. Nowadays, you got people saying ass. No, and, no, yes. No. Stein. Yes. It, right. It's changed. It's changed. Like I go to like one movie a year, so I know nothing. There's only a few cuss words. Like, think about think about what players and coaches are allowed to say now. Remember, they was talking about getting more stricter on players cussing on TV or whatever. Like, players been cussing. Period. You know what I mean? I, I don't care. But what I'm saying is, like, it takes a certain cuss word to get the attention. You know, some cuss words aren't cuss words anymore. Shit. It's not a cuss word anymore. Well, I just threw that quote out to get you going, and I succeeded. So, yo, you did. I'm, I'm just telling you, the society we we've changed. Like, um, see, I don't want to bring up different scenarios because I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm dry snitching, but it's just certain cuss words. Certain cuss words aren't cuss words anymore. I think the only one you really can't say is probably f. That's that's probably the only one you probably can't say. Anything else, you can get away with it in certain contexts and certain, you know, depending on how you use it. So theoretically, theoretically on this podcast, I think we can say pretty much anything. But you know, we I'm can still, say whatever we want. I'm yes. still I'm still old school, so it's hard for hard hard for me to uh, hard for me to get that out of my system. 
uh, Stein, I'm waiting on, we're going to get Stephen A on. And I'm going to tell Stephen A when he comes on, we're talking about something other than sports. And I want, I want to see, I want to look at your face. I know the, I know the audience don't get to look at your face, but I want to look at your face squirm. Mm. I want to look, I just want to see it when we're talking about, we're talking about Kim Kardashian or we're talking about, uh, we go, we gonna talk about something. Some Who knows? Maybe maybe I have a lot to contribute. Who knows? Maybe yeah, I have hey, a lot I, of a, maybe I have a lot of <laughs> opinions. And that's what I want to see. <laughs> I want to see it here. Can't wait. All right. Well, that's a down the road edition of this league uncut. That does it for this edition of this league uncut. Please, friends, remember rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Do it at Apple Pods or Spotify, wherever, hashtag wherever you get your pods. And Chris and I will be back soon, back with more NBA talk right here on This League Uncut. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.